Good afternoon, good morning to those listening in to the show right now. I'm your host, Tavares Wilson of Last Word Productions. As you all know by now, I always get the last word. Now, let's get right up into it, man. We got a lot of news to talk about, NBA and NFL related. So let's start off in the NBA news right now and the hot story that is with Kyrie Irving. So if you all don't know, Kyrie Irving right now is facing a lot of backlash because he says some, I wouldn't even say unpleasant things about the Jewish community, but he said some things that was basically viewed in a negative light, similar to Kanye West and basically about black people, African-Americans being the true Jews and things of that nature. And a lot of people didn't take kind-hearted to that, as you can imagine. And as it stands now, Kyrie Irving will be facing at the bare minimum of five games suspension. It could possibly be more. He did issue an apology via Instagram. The GM for the Nets, the owner for the Nets, I forgot which one exactly said it, but one of them came out and said that wasn't good enough. So... They said they want more from him, basically, to show he truly is sorry so he could be forgiven by them and organization. They said they don't have any plans and or they never had plans to move on from Kyrie Irving, despite the incident. And if I'm being honest with you, uh, I just think this entire thing has been blown out of proportion. I truly, in my heart of hearts, believe... Kyrie Irving has said a lot of things in his career in the media that you can get on him about, but this isn't one of them. It's not, whether you agree with what he says or not, he didn't say anything to insult anyone. He didn't say anything to make anyone feel bad about themselves. Hell, he didn't even say anything disrespectful. He just shared an opinion. I mean, we live in a country where freedom of speech is supposed to be a real thing, and it seems as if by the day, famous people, celebrities, people who actually have like some kind of worth to their names and actually is known throughout the nation seems to not have that same liberty or that same kind of freedom because if Kyrie Irving can't simply make a post on Twitter what the hell can he do I, I mean it's not like he went and insulted someone like how Anthony Edwards did when he called someone you, you know what the, the homosexual person he was slurring racial not racial but you know insulting slurs at if we can't simply just share our own thoughts on social media anymore without facing backlash, especially as someone of Kyrie Irving's stature, I don't know what else these guys can do, honestly, because it's, at this point, it's like you're just walking on the tightrope. Nonetheless, man, he, he is suspended. He will be missing five games. It's, I believe the suspension started tonight. The Nets are taking on the Wizards, if I'm not mistaken. And... Wish him nothing but the best for a man in his career, man, in this season. Because the way things are going right now for Kyrie Irving is, I heard a rumor that he's going to be dropped by Nike because of this. And I also heard that a lot of teams, a lot of players, a lot of people just all in all are, are not in support of what he said. And would like for him to do more than what he has done outside of his apology, which in itself, for me personally, I think is ridiculous. And other news regarding the Nets, though, they did fire Steve Nash. Steve Nash simply just wasn't working out. But I don't think Steve Nash is the only scapegoat. I think he's just being used as it. I, I personally believe 
Ben Simmons needs to be better. Kevin Durant, still KD, but they need more out of these role players on their team, man. They, they just do. I mean, Ben Simmons needs to go back to that 16 to 18 16, 18, 8, 9 guy, 8 and 8, 7 and 7 guy he was at one point. He, he's just not that right now. He simply put, you can just tell by watching him play, his confidence is shot. It's shot. It's, it's completely shot. He has zero confidence in what he does on the court right now. He, he isn't playing at the all-star caliber level that he was, was playing at two years ago. He just looks... To me, uh, he looks like a guy that just simply doesn't want to be out there. He, it's like he's playing basketball just because he's talented and he's good at it, essentially. And it just doesn't... It just doesn't look as if he's putting his all into it anymore, man. And it's sad to see because this is a talented guy. I mean, this is a guy that can legitimately, if... Push came to shove, could be one of the better players in our league and definitely better defenders in our league. And he's just not being that right now. And it pains me to see because I'm a Ben Simmons supporter. I'm a fan of his game. I, I like what I see for Ben Simmons' first couple years in the, the league. But he he's just not him right now. And it's it's just terrible to see, man. So I, I hope he can find it and put it back together, his confidence, because it's, it's just bad right now. He did not play tonight, though. The Nets actually won by 42 points. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> In other news, though, we got the Lakers who made some adjustments to that roster. The big one is Russell Westbrook is now coming off the bench. He's still essentially a starter because despite the fact he's coming off the bench, he's still playing 30-plus minutes a night. The difference is, though, with Russ coming off the bench, you now put him back in the role he was with OKC even with Washington. You're putting the ball in his hand and let him work with the ball versus him having to share the ball with a LeBron James figure. Even when LeBron is on the court with him, Russell Westbrook is running the offense now because he runs the second unit. That is genius. And this is something I've been said the Lakers should have done for Russ. Not bench him essentially and make him a six man but let him run and orchestrate the offense now they feel more comfortable with him coming off the bench because they want LeBron running the first unit that's fine I mean I get it it's LeBron James you will want LeBron running your first unit if you can but with that being said Russell Westbrook looks better coming off the bench the Lakers look better with him I mean they beat the Pelicans who by all accounts this season they're looking like a young rising team. I mean, Zion is back healthy. Brandon Ingram, he's just looking like more and more of an emerging young star in this league. And I just think with everything betting on Zion and Brandon Ingram, we got CJ over there now. I know they had drafted the, um, what's the guy named? Dyson Daniels, I believe. But he's not really playing right now. They got a good team over there. I know Valentunas is giving them some good minutes this year as well. They, they got a good roster, man. They got a good mixture of young talent and vets over there. I just really wish they could have found some way to keep Lonzo, but they didn't. It is what it is. Even though he hasn't played this year, he may not play this year. I still think Lonzo is a very talented guard. But with all that being said, 
the Pel- they did beat the Pelicans. Now they're two and five on the season. Now the question is, do I believe they can right the ship early in this season now and be a contender out in the West? We'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell anyone they will be after two wins on the season out of 82 games. It's, it's just, you just don't know. So we'll see. I mean, it's a lot of good teams starting off slow this year. The Warriors are, what, 3-6, and six, I believe. The Nets are 3-6. The Lakers, like I said, 2-5. The, the Bucks look fantastic. But, again, this is a young season. We shall see. Now, with all that being said, it is a rumor going about that Mayor Doka has been hired by the Nets to be the Nets head coach. But he will serve his suspension after everything that transpired with the Boston Celtics and his affair that he had with one of the workers or, you know, the whole entire situation about that. And all honesty, I'm shocked that anyone is willing to give him a job and the the public backlash they're going to face. It's, the Nets already got a lot going on already. I'm shocked that they wanted to bring in the Mayor Doka even if he's not going to be able to coach this entire season, I'm shocked that they're bringing him in at all. And we'll see if it works out for him. That's all I got to say. We'll see if it works out for him. Now, with all that being said, I mean, it's, the only other thing I want to speak about in regards to the NBA thus far is this simple fact here. And one thing I want to say is this. Clay Thompson has spoke and he mentioned something about Charles Barkley basically alluding to the fact he doesn't believe Clay Thompson is the same player he once was, basically. And Clay took exception to that. He got rather emotional and, you know, he felt as if the sentiment that Charles Barkley was coming at him with wasn't genuine, that he should be understand as a former player, things of that nature. This is my thing. Right? And a lot of people are starting with Clay Thompson. This is my entire thing, right? When it was Derrick Rose being made fun of for years for being injured and not being able to control injuries and his own fate, people laughed at him. They made him a meme. They nicknamed Anthony Davis Day-to-Day Davis. No one said anything for Anthony Davis. They laughed at Victor Oladipo. They laughed at Dennis Schroeder. Both of them had huge contracts, lost out on both of them because they bet on themselves despite their injuries. But now it's Klay Thompson, a guy that's on the Golden State Warriors, which by all accounts, this team, for, for whatever reason, on God's green earth, whenever any player on that team is criticized, scrutinized in any way, shape, or form, outside of Draymond Green, they just, for they have to rail heads fight. They have to raise hell fire for them. I mean, I just don't understand. I mean, what since since when do analysts have to protect your feelings about what they see on the court or on the field, regardless of the sport? It's the truth. It's just that simple. Clay, you're not the same guy. It is what it is. It's not to say get over anything like that, because I understand it, it hurts you personally at the end of the day, but you can't get upset or try to question a guy's character because he's calling how he sees it. You lost a step. It's okay. It's all right. It's all right to admit that. It's all right to live with that. That doesn't mean you still can't be a good player. You're just not the same guy. It is what it is. 
No one is saying you still can't be a good player. No one is saying you can't contribute to a, a winning team. No, no one is saying any of that. But the fact that people are trying to make it seem that Charles Barkley is wrong for being honest with his assessments and analysis of Klay Thompson is, to me, just really just ignorant and just downright despicable. Because now, as a sports analyst now, you can't even critique players. Like, it's, it's, just, it's just getting out of hand. Like, let listen... Clay needs to get back in the lab. He needs to work on developing a somewhat decent drill to help create his own shot and stop relying on running throughout the entire game behind two, three screens to get an open look. Because obviously you're you're not the same guy coming off of the screens. Because while you're not the same guy, your legs can't last as long. It's okay. Develop your little jump shot. Get your little go-to move. And you, you feel me? Get back to the basics. But don't sit there and c- complain about Charles Barkley being honest with what he sees in you. It, it's okay. I mean, hell, no one, no one sat there and cried for John Wall or when he didn't play for two some years because of injury. No one made excuses for him. We called it how we seen it. It is what it is, man. We got to stop this oversensitive stuff. We have to. But with that being said, I'm going to get off into the NFL news. Because we had a lot of big moves this past trade deadline, man. And fun fact for you guys, 12 players was traded at the deadline this season in total. And by the way, that is the most players traded by the deadline in the last 30 years. Just keep that in mind. Now, that being said, I got to talk about my team first. I mean, we probably made the biggest move at the trade deadline. and Br- Going out and get Bradley Chubb. You all know I'm a Dolphins fan. Got to talk about us first. But with that being said, Bradley Chubb not only comes over via trade. The trade details included Bradley Chubb, a 2024 fifth-round pick. Dolphins gave up next year's first that they acquired from the 49ers and Trey Lance deal. And it included, excuse me, running back Chase Edmonds and another fourth-round pick. Excuse me. Now, with all that being said, the Trey Lance deal right now has turned into Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, and now Bradley Chubb. I don't give a, listen, I don't give, you know what, what Trey Lance becomes. You won this trade. You won the trade. Regardless if you feel as if Bradley Chubb was worth for first or not, Bradley Chubb comes in and he's instantly your best pass rusher. Without question. He's your best pass rusher. He's a guy that can win one-on-ones against tackles. He has the third best highest winning percentage rating according to PFF in terms of 1v1s and wins, you know, when rushing the passer. He's only behind Michael Parsons and I believe the other one is Nick Bosa. No, it's Miles Garrett. My apologies. It's Miles Garrett and Michael Parsons. Then it's Bradley Chubb. He has five and a half sacks this season already. Pretty damn good. That's almost, that means every other game, basically, he has a sack. And if you pair that with our aggressive defense, with Jalen Phillips on the other side of the ball, who I will be honest, I have not seen this otherworldly talent yet out of him, but if you can get this 
Barely chug to take some of that pressure off of Jalen Phillips. Because he does seize him. He does get a lot of hands put on him each time he drives. I will say that. If you get Bradley Chubb to attract just some of that, I think you give Jalen Phillips a better chance to get some of these sacks and get home. I, I really do. So, I think Bradley Chubb addition is going to be huge for this defense, especially when Byron Jones comes back. I have no idea when that is. I do believe he will be back after the pre not preseason, after the bye week. I'm hoping and praying he's back after the bye week because God knows we need him, man. I'm, I see a lot of people saying trade him. I don't listen. Injuries happen, man. People get injured in this game. It's a violent sport. It is what it is. It happens. Players get hurt for seasons, year in, year out, and they still be on teams. Look at Michael Thomas. I mean, why you think the Saints haven't gotten rid of Michael Thomas yet? They because they know the talent he is. Byron Jones is a damn good corner in this league. You need him. Keep him. You put him with our secondary when they're healthy with our front seven now added Bradley Chubb. In terms of talent, we, we're we damn near second to none in the league. I'm just saying, man, don't, don't trade away guys just because y'all feel as if a guy isn't worth waiting for. No, Tredavious White is still going to be in the Bills despite the fact that he's also not played. It, it just injuries a part of the game. They have to. All that being said, other teams that moves I was impressed by, I do feel as if the 49ers getting Christian McCaffrey, as we all spoke about already, was a huge move for them. So it's no real surprise for me there. I, my only thing was seeing if he could stay healthy. And thus far, He's been healthy. He's been their lead guy to the point they felt that they could just trade away Jeff Wilson, which ironically he went to the Dolphins as well, so not mad at that at all. And with all that being said, I just believe this is a team that is ready to contend in the AFC. And another team that's ready to contend in the AFC in the opposite conference, the Vikings, they went out and got TJ Hawkinson. And so now the Vikings may very well arguably have the best skilled offensive unit in the entire league. You got Justin Jefferson as your number one. He's arguably the best receiver in the league right now. Adam Thielen, your number two. It isn't too many number twos out there that are better than Thielen. Then you went out and got TJ Hawkinson. That tight end. Who, by all accounts right now, he's a top three, top five tight end in the league. I, outside of the obvious three, Kittle, Andrews, and Kelsey, but even Kittle this year, he's not having a better year than Hawkinson. Outside of those three, though, everyone knows it's a toss-up. Mike Gazeki, it's a toss-up to him and TJ for me. Darren Waller, toss-up. He's a top five tight end. You put all that firepower on one offense with Dalvin Cook in the backfield. This is a team that's going to be able to move the ball efficiently and effectively. And I got to tell you, man, this, this move may very well put them in that conversation with the Eagles. And speaking of the Eagles... One move they made getting Robert Quinn. I mean, I didn't really see it come to fruition for them last night. 
in terms of the pressure or the quarterback pressure he would be able to produce for them. But it's going to come. They needed an edge rusher to complement Hassan Reddick. They went and got the dude. And I think Robert Quinn still got something left for the tank. So we shall see. And all that being said, another big move that caught my attention and caught my eye was Roquan Smith going to the Ravens. Now, I do believe Roquan Smith will walk after this season. I don't think the Ravens will have the money or the funds to resign him because they're going to have to resign Lamar Jackson. I would be shocked if they resigned both of them. If they did resign both of them, hey, my cap's off to them. They one hell of a job <laughs> if they resign both of them. But with that being said, I think he's a, a one-year rental, but I do believe he's going to be a very impactful one-year rental. I would not be shocked at all if this dude was the difference between the Ravens winning at least one more playoff game than they should have this year. This is an all-pro linebacker who leads the league right now in tackles. He's one of the better all-around linebackers in the league in terms of coverage, open field tackling, blitzing. He does it all. And I will never forget, a couple months ago, I had got into it with a YouTuber basically saying Roquan Smith is a million times better than Jerome Baker. I don't care how similar their skill sets are. He's the better player. And that YouTuber, he, he's actually the host of Dolphins, Locked on Dolphins. I think his name is Kyle Trask or something like that. It's not to call anybody out, but it's just that we got into a disagreement about Jerome Baker and Roquan Smith. And I just felt as if his, by simply just saying they have the same skills, to me it's not a good enough reason to not trade for the guy. <laughs> like, if it, like, listen, you know who has similar skill sets to Calvin Johnson? DK Metcalf. Does that mean DK Metcalf? That means you would have traded Calvin Johnson? You would have traded for Calvin Johnson? If you had DK Metcalf on your team? I don't, that's not what I would do. <laughs> like, he's still the better player. Significantly better at that. I just felt as if it was just... A, he had awkward teal shades on, man. Because... If, we, if you can't admit that the guy's just better, I don't know what to say. But long story short, though, I don't think the Ravens traded for him in the hopes of getting a long-term deal done. I think he will be out the door after this offseason. Hopefully, he can be in the Dolphins jersey. I'm not lying to y'all, man. I will listen. I will let Christian Wickens walk if it meant signing Warcorn Smith. I really would. I'm, I'm not going to lie to y'all. But with all that being said, in other NFL news, the Eagles are still undefeated. Beat the Texans last night. I believe the score was 29-17. Jalen Hurts looked pretty damn good. He looked as if he could get whatever the hell he wanted to on the Texans. They could have stopped Dallas Garter. He had a hell of a game. Damon Pierce for the Texans, though, had a really good game. The Absence of Jordan Davis was clearly seen for the Eagles. Damon Pierce had over 100 yards rushing. He had 88 yards rushing at halftime. He completely wiped the Eagles' defense. And he, no matter what they did, it just seemed as if he was always chugging ahead for at least another yard or two. Like he was a man amongst boys last night. And I was happy to see it for him because... He's a guy that played really well in the preseason. Sometimes that stuff doesn't translate translate or, you know, transition over to the regular season. 
He is. He's the fourth leading rusher in the NFL right now. He's a damn good player. And with all that being said, guys, I'm going to get into the fan Q&A. So let me go ahead and pull up these questions real quick. Now, remember, guys, if you want to ask me questions personally, you have to go, <clears throat> excuse me, you have to go on Facebook or YouTube. I post my fan Q&A post every single time there, every single time on those platforms. It'll be... Now, preferably YouTube, because I will admit, I upload my fan q on Facebook to a specific group, the Barbershop, by the way. If you all are interested, just look that up. I'm an admin of that group. Y'all go ahead and check that out. But let's get right into it. This first question comes from my boy, Napoleon. He says, did the Dolphins make the right moves long-term by giving them a first rounder? Absolutely, bro. And here's why. The Dolphins, let's just call a spade a spade. We have not been really significantly good when it comes to drafting first rounds. Yeah, we got dudes that are talented, but we don't really hit home runs first round. Our last home run hit out of a first round pick has been Jenna Waddle. I mean, Tua, yes, he's good, but it was questions about who Tua was for two, three years now. He still has to prove he can be durable enough to finish his season. He has yet to prove that. And on top of all of that, Jalen Phillips, uh, to me again, personally, this is my opinion. I don't think Jalen Phillips has shown he's that first-round talent that everyone said he was. I think he's looked solid, but I just don't see the talent equating to production right now. Because Greg Rousseau, by all accounts, the teammate from UM who was taken in the second round, looks better to me, in my opinion. That's just my opinion. Then you got Noah Benogany, and we all know what he is. Austin Jackson, another first-rounder. We all know what he is. So, I mean, you just look at it. You, you, you live with giving up the first-round pick because you haven't necessarily hit on these picks in recent memory. You just haven't. And it's fine. I mean, you wouldn't have got Bradley Chubb for your first-rounder. A proven premier pass rusher, which I've been saying for the longest we needed. I don't think he's the top of the you know, the creme de la creme, but he's a damn good pass rusher. He's better. He's significantly better than what we had. He's significantly better than Mayu Ogba, who I said specifically, they should not pay. And they did it anyway. But everyone wanted to pay him because he had some highlight plays when we was rushing nine players against five. But hey, that's what the people wanted. And next question comes from Jay. Jack Sanchez, is Chubb worth the pick slash contract? Absolutely, man. I think Bradley Chubb, by all accounts, is a top five to eight edge rusher in our league. Outside of guys like Garrett, Watts, Parsons, the Bosa brothers, Max Crosby. I mean, outside of those six guys, you can throw Khalil back in there too. Outside of those guys, you can make an argument for him being a top 10 edge rusher in the game right now, even with setting the edge in the run defense. He's not the best at that, but he's he's pretty damn good at it. So I think he's worth the contract and the pick because, honestly, this is something we've needed for the past five years. We haven't had a consistent edge rusher since Cameron Wake, and that's that's been a long time. 
Best question comes to Van Velsen, the Bills, Chiefs, and now Dolphins. Who wins the AFC? Well, hopefully it's the Dolphins, <laughs> if I'm being honest with you all. But, uh, yeah, so if I'm putting my bias opinion aside, I think it's still the Bills, clearly. I think they're still the best team in the AFC. I think they're still the best team in the NFL. Josh Allen is just otherworldly. Man, listen, he's he's different. He's proven me wrong. I wasn't a fan or supporter of him at first, but this season, he has shown that he has gotten better each and every snap he takes. And it's it's been scary as a Dolphin fan, but it's been incredible to watch as a football fan. This this dude is this dude has put all the naysayers to bed. If you don't believe in him at this point, I don't know what to tell you. I, I got the Bills still winning. Next question comes from Quincy. He asks, what's the Dolphins ceiling? To me, that ceiling is the AFC Championship appearance. I, I don't listen. I just don't see this team beating both the Chiefs and Bills in one playoff run to make the Super Bowl. I just don't. As it stands right now, I, I just don't see it. Now, fully healthy? If Byron Jones, listen to me, man. If Byron Jones can come back and play at the level we're used to seeing him play at, this team can make the Super Bowl. Because the offensive line is getting better. It's getting healthier. Austin Jackson is coming back. Not, not like he's just a savior or anything, but he is your starting right tackle. They went and got Jeff Wilson compliment Raheem Moser. They complement each other well with the Niners. They both are on pace right now to rush for at least 900 yards this season. I'll take that. Then you got Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, the best receiver duo in the league as it stands right now, with Mike Gazicki at a tight end, who, in my personal opinion, I do believe is the top five tight end. I mean, what weaknesses would the team truly have at that point? You you just went and got Bradley Chubb. Excuse me. Number one weakness was getting after the passer. You just went and got a premier pass rusher. So outside of linebacker, which I still do believe is a weakness for this team, what other significant weakness is on the team, on the roster? I just don't see it. So I think that still is the AFC Championship appearance, but I would not be shocked at all if this team was in the Super Bowl come February. I wouldn't. My boy Larry Green said the episode should be about the Dolphins. Not a question, but I just wanted to read that. This next question comes from Josh Robbins. Who will be Philly's first loss? Are they the current favorites, or would you take the Chiefs or Bills over them? I would take both Chiefs and Bills over Philly. I wasn't impressed at all what I seen with Philly last night. I just, they look like a good team, don't get me wrong, but it doesn't like a team that just looks unbeatable. Like They, they have some kinks and hiccups here and there. I think Darius Slay's is still as good as advertised. But outside of him, Garner Johnson, he's been pretty good for them at safety. James Bradbury, I'm just not a believer in. I think he's a solid corner, don't get me wrong. But he's he's out there getting beat by third or fourth string receivers. And eh, I'm not fully sold on that. But in terms of who could beat them, let's look at their schedule. So they already beat the Texans, and that's where they got the Commanders. Commanders are not beating them. I'll be shocked if the Commanders beat them on the road. Then after that, 
You got, let's see, uh, got the Colts. The Colts not beating them. Then after that, you got the Packers. This is somewhat of a trap game because as much as Aaron Rodgers has not looked himself this season, I would not be surprised at all if they went into Philly and beat them. I, I really wouldn't. I'm not going to lie to y'all, but I don't like it. I don't like it. I wouldn't bet money on that. Tennessee. Now, this may be a game they could lose. I, I think this is their loss right here. Because Derrick Henry, if they can exploit the weaknesses of that defensive line again like the Texans did, they got a real damn shot. Because that defense is better than the Texans. And regardless of that quarterback, Tannehill or Willis, I think they're better than what Davis Mills is. So, yeah, this, this could be a real shot right here. But if it was not them, I think the Cowboys may be the only hope after that because then they got the Giants, Bears. Yeah, the Cowboys the last hope for them. If y'all want to see the Blues, they got the Saints too. Not really sure how to feel about the Saints, if I'm being honest. Then they got the Giants to close out the season. So, yeah, two teams I think that can really give them run for a loss is the Cowboys and the Titans. One upset alert game was the Packers. The rest of those games, I'm, I'm not going to lie, man. I don't see this team losing nowhere near more than three games. They don't, they don't lose more than three games. Same person, Josh Roberts. He says, Seattle legit playoff threat. Yes, absolutely. In fact, I'll take a step further. I think Seattle will win their division. These young players, Tariq Woolen, Kobe Bryant, the two young corners they have, have grown significantly since that week two appearance and um, dominancy that the 49ers had displayed. Now, I know the 49ers went out and got CMC. I know they're getting healthy. Armstead and Kellogg going to come back. I get all that. But I'm sorry. The way this young defense is flying for Pete Carroll reminds me of the Legion of Boom days a little bit. And the way Kenneth Walker has came in and just grabbed that starting running back position and put it in a chokehold is crazy. With the way they're balanced on both sides of the ball right now, they're going to be a tough out, man. They really are. Jeffrey Arthur said, I'll see us frauds or are they real? Just answer that, man. I think they real, honestly. Are the Eagles going to the Super Bowl? Dwayne Nat asked that. Right now, it would be hard to argue against them not making the Super Bowl, if I'm being honest. Are the 49ers true Super Bowl contenders? My homeboy, Will Mike Jones, asked me that. As long as Jimmy G that crowd, I mean, as long as Jimmy G is that quarterback, my man, I don't think so. I'm not a believer in Jimmy G. I used to be. I will admit, I used to be. But my belief in him has just deteriorated over the years. He, I'm not a believer in him anymore. Now Martinez says, should Pat Riley call it quits already? This is my thing, man. Pat Riley has given the heat, endless talents, hidden gems for the past two decades. And now y'all want to quit on him? I mean, yeah, you can say his time is up, but he don't look bad. 
I mean, they, they don't look as good as we thought they would, but do they look absolutely horrible? I don't think so. I mean, I say let this, I say I'll give it to All-Star break. If it don't look better to All-Star break, then yeah, I, I think it's time for him to hang it up. Maybe he just, you know, he's, he's lost his touch a little bit, but I, I don't think we can say that right now. Should the Nuggets look to rebuild if they can't get to the finals? Now, this is a good question because the Nuggets have talent. Michael Porter, Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, you all know is the back-to-back MVP. This is a real good question. I will say this. The Nuggets right now are in the same predicament that the Jazz are in two, three years ago. Before they, you know, they just recently shipped off everyone. If they cannot make the finals in this two to three year period with a healthy Jamal Murray, a prime Nikola Jokic, and Michael Porter approaching his best years with Aaron Gordon, yeah, I think it's time to rebuild because at that point, the definition of insanity is basically. Expecting a different result, but putting in the same work and doing the same thing over. It's not going to happen. If they can't make this finals with this roster in the next two years, three max, yeah, I think they blow it up. I think you need to blow it up. You need to ship off Jamal Murray, get what you can for him. He's still a young, improving combo guard. You need to get what you can for Michael Porter Jr., build some young studs around Nikola Jokic, and go from there. I think that's what you got to do if you can't make the finals within this next two, three-year stretch. This somebody else comment, really, the Jacksonville. Now, let me speak about this a little bit because I didn't talk about this in my trades. The reason I didn't speak on this is because, really, as we all know, suspended for the season, so you won't play this year for Jacksonville. But let me say this. As it stands right now, Trevor Lawrence has started as 5 or 20. It's the worst 25-game win-loss record for any first overall quarterback pick ever. He's been in not so good of a situation, but he hasn't exactly helped his case either. He has made some really pedestrian throws and reads. But let me say this. You know the number one thing to help a young quarterback hone his craft and excel? Go get him a damn receiver, a true number one. Diz come to the Buffalo, Josh Allen better. <laughs> I mean, do we all not see that? DeAndre Hopkins go to this Arizona. Oh, look at that. They become a playoff team. Kyle Murray, he was in MVP discussions beginning of his last season. Tua against Tyreek Hill, look at that. Tua now all of a sudden looks fixed. That's what you do for young quarterbacks, guys. You go out and get them receivers who can win one-on-ones consistently, and it helps build their confidence to make other throws on the field. That's what you do for young quarterbacks. That's what you do for any quarterback. Quarterbacks need number one options. It's the reason why Brady wanted Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, and Mike Evans, and Rob all on one roster. Get The more the merrier. Give me all the weapons I can use. Like, what are we talking about? If Trevor Lawrence cannot make it work with Ridley, who 
Calvin Ridley, listen, Calvin Ridley is a true number one in this league. He's one of the better route runners in the league. Consistently can create separation. He can win one-on-ones. He can go up against your best corner and make him look crazy. This is this is a legit number one receiver. Next year comes, and when he plays, if Trevor Lawrence doesn't look better, and he, he doesn't look better quickly, eyebrows will start being raised, man. That's, that's all I'm saying. Eyebrows will start being raised. That's all I'm going to say. But that's the end of the fan Q&A, man. Thank y'all for tuning in once again. Y'all be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, Last Word Productions, likes, comment there for me. I'm also on Apple Podcasts. I'm on Spotify. I'm on Google. Anywhere you can find a podcast, basically, I am there. And also, please be sure to keep in mind, I am also on TikTok, Last Word Productions, and my personal page, Tavares Wilson, number three at the end of that. Thank you all again. I'll see y'all in the next one.